and welcome to Good Film Hunting, the podcast where two sisters living in different parts of the country talk to friends and families um, about movies that they love. So today we're actually going to talk about a movie, a current movie, not one from our past, but one that directly relates to our past. We're going to talk about the new Beauty and the Beast, starring... Emma Watson, and Dan Stevens, um, and today we are joined by two very special guests who have very big feelings about this movie. So, Eleanor, I'll let you introduce them. Okay, so for our guests today, for the 2017 live-action Beauty and the Beast, we have two people. We have Trips on Nike returning guest, um, famed for his unique insight into the Brave Little Toaster, resident of Santa Fe, New Mexico, and making a first time, but not a last time appearance, we have Bridget Dempsey, teacher residing in Chicago, Illinois, um, who I would say, Bridget, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but you have a very strong personal connection to the story of Beauty and the Beast that has spanned decades at this point. Yes. I would completely 100% agree with that. Okay, so our list, loyal listeners know a little bit about Trip. Bridget, is there anything you'd like to share about yourself to introduce your life and feelings? Um, one, this entire experience is very overwhelming for me. Uh, I have to say that. Um, I think... To, like, better get to know me and what I'm about to say and share with everyone is that I have two major obsessions in my life. One being Harry Potter and all things that. And the other is Beauty and the Beast and all things that. So I'm kind of really excited. Uh, Yeah, that's kind of all I have to say. Oh, no, I'm going to share with the listeners my deep personal connection with beauty. I would love to confirm that the rumors are true. I am especially good at expectorating. Ever since my youth, you know, that, that isn't shown on screen in various media enough, you know? That level of... Spitting? Yeah, it's an art form. And uh, expectorating is the preferred term. <laughs> but um, I just think it's important to say that. Thank Happy you. And it's a privilege to be back. <laughs> Thanks, Trip. All right. So for our first segment, we like to ask our guests something that they've really enjoyed or appreciated of the past this can be a book, a movie, a podcast, a news story, a meme. We've done it all. We'll accept it all. Who's going to start? Who gets to go first? I can begin because I would say I have two. Both are quasi-throwback-ish. One is this song. I'm, it's a recent obsession of mine. It's a remix of Little Richard's Tutti Fruity to be like an EDM song. And so it's so great because it feels like you're in It Takes Two and then the beat drops. It, I can That's confirm it's really good. I don't actually have it pulled up right now, but it's really good. I don't want it to seem like I always think about the Brave Little Coaster, but Tutti Fruity is featured prominently in that play. <laughs> it is. I mean, 
I hear it and I immediately think, like, why am I not at camp with Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen? <laughs> but nah, maybe that's just. Um, and then I would say the other song that's like kind of a flashback was today I was just, you know, walking, minding my own business, listening to Spotify, and Selena Gomez's great hit, Who Says, came on. Oh. And I love that song. Yeah, I me very too. strongly about the song, Who Says. I need to add it to a Spotify playlist right now so I don't forget it. All right. But that's from me. Well, I'll jump in because I know mine. Mine was <laughs> that uh, Dave Chappelle returned with two new stand-up specials on Netflix, both of which are great. And then sleep. That's all I have to say. <laughs> Good. Okay, Bridget, are you ready or do you want me to go? Uh, no, I think I'm ready. Okay. <clears throat> On Saturday, I stayed up way past my bedtime, and, um, Twigs and I went to go see The Strangest Things at the Greenhouse Theater in Chicago, hmm. which is a musical of the Netflix show Stranger Things. Ooh. And it's hysterical, and they take, like, 80 songs and just incorporate them into the plotline of the show, and it was amazing. Loved it. Totally want to go see it again. I thought it was hysterical. That sounds amazing. Okay. Um, my favorite thing of the week, there's been so many um, I was spent this last week in Southeast Asia, so my brain is kind of everywhere right now. Um, but I would have to say, oh my gosh, I just had it. Oh, I, mm. oh, it's like the, the third season of Grace and Frankie is now on Netflix. And that makes me really happy because I really like Grace and Frankie. And I'd forgotten how much I'd missed them as characters. So it was, like, fun this morning to, like, put it on um, as I was up super early and just watch them. Good to know. I forgot that that came out. And I'll have to um, just continue. Yeah, it's good stuff. I started watching the third season. It's cute. It makes me wish I had, like, grandmas. Me too. And you must be tired if you travel so far. <laughs> okay, yes, I am. <laughs> you good? You like close to 100 Phuket? Somewhere near there? No, I wasn't oh. in Phuket. I was in Singapore, Kuala Lumpur, and then Bali. What did you think of KL? I kind of liked it. It kind of has a cool vibe. Um, was it the one street with all the trees? So we did walk down that street, but we didn't stay there. That was my favorite part. And then, the, like, the with the towers in the distance. Yeah, the towers are beautiful. I liked KL. It was, it was cool. Okay, anyway, let's jump into a discussion of Beauty and the Beast. Because I know you guys Clark both... <laughs> like, Tripp is, like, dying to just, like, get into this and, like, share his unhappiness, so I'm really stoked. No, it's not so much that. I just know that you have, like, it's like T-minus nine seconds before you fall asleep on us. So <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you start. Begin. 
You want me to begin? You yeah. want the negative Nancy to begin? Okay, yeah, if, you, if you insist. <laughs> I, I, I had a lot of issues with this Beauty and the Beast. And I will say that many of them stem directly from the fact that I didn't remember aspects of the animated version, and it was as if I was watching it for the first time, and I was like, I cannot believe that this is a ch-. First of all, <laughs> is that Belle goes from, this is a rapey, kidnappy, murdering <laughs> creature, to I think I love him in about six minutes. Not nearly enough ground is covered, from this guy is, is a kidnapper. I hate him with every fiber of my being. To, oh, I think I'm feeling something strange. Like he shows her. A no, it's not even. It's before the library. It's when she says, I love Romeo and Juliet. And he goes, what a piece of shit. That's when the feeling started. That is the moment where it starts to change. And then all of a sudden we got a musical interlude and. Oh, things are changing. Like, I know we got to get in and out in two hours, but a little bit more work could have been done there. It's a little problematic for me, a feminist. And, since I could just go on, I mean, the message of the movie, correct me if I'm wrong, is beauty. It's it's what's on the inside that counts. It's the beauty on the inside that matters more than your exterior. But the movie, that's the intended goal maybe but the movie sort of seems to veer into this the end result is yeah love someone for what they are on the inside and maybe you'll get lucky and they turn out to be super hot like <laughs> no but, the inter- I say, okay, but i'm gonna interject i really want to have bridget take you down because i know she'll be able to do it well <laughs> but i need to interject here with the idea that I thought in this version they made it, like, very funny because at the end when they're, like, dancing and they're both people, she's like, can you draw – maybe you should, like, grow a beard because that apparently is more attractive to her. Because she's the animal. I think Tripp said that's because she, like, loves the animal. No, it's because she's into animals and it's very questionable. (laughs) It's very bestiality-centric. Like, I had way more problems with the bestiality aspect. And I mean, there was the whole controversy beforehand of, like, oh, there might be a gay moment, and some hard-ass Christians and Russians are really upset about it. And, by the way, like, the, I don't think there was even a straight moment in the entire movie. It was very gay. <laughs> to its credit, very enjoyable, though. But... Uh, I don't know, the bestiality aspect of it is sort of uh, cringeworthy as an adult. As a kid, I loved it. You know, Great songs, too. And that's the end of my rant. <laughs> Bridget, what were your feelings? Uh, absolutely nothing of what Tripp said. <laughs> um, I thought it was. Fair enough. Um, I loved it. As one who has, like, basically watch the animated version at least twice a month most of my life uh i know the animal so i thought it was a really good combination of taking what people loved about the animation movie and that story and combining it and making it into something new while not straying from like the original story and i think they really did a good job of 
um, not making it creepy and weird that she's like, I hate you. Oh, wait, just kidding. I see that you're rich and have this huge, big-ass house now. I'm into you. <clears throat> because even the whole, like, oh, Romeo and Juliet sucks is, like, that first glimpse that she's like, oh, wait, maybe you're not just a complete and utter dick the whole time. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear on this podcast. Sorry. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> Um, but it's the first time that she's like, oh, wait, you're actually like a couple of thoughts and isn't all focused on you and how everyone can best serve you to engage as like a normal person, for lack of a better word, because even though he's a beast right then. Um, and then even towards the end when she's like, oh, I think I like this guy and like I'm dancing in this amazing dress, although I didn't really like the necklace choice for that scene. Agreed. Not that I didn't like the necklace, I just didn't think it like fit with everything. Um, she's like, yeah, you're great and all, but remember how you still keep me here? Like I don't really love you even now. Like you're a great person, but you're still kind of an asshole because you haven't let me go home. Yeah, she did stick up for herself. Can I also interject in this? You guys are talking about really deep and heavy things and, like, good reasons to like or dislike this movie. I really liked her little ear cuff in that scene. I thought it was super pretty. And I left the theater oh and was like, I want it. Um, I think when I see adorable ear cuffs because none of them fit me with what I have. And it's really annoying. Okay, maybe, sure. Maybe when we thinking about our godmother outfit, should we invest in ear cuffs? Oh, undoubtedly. I think that will take the class level just up like ten. Can I say about as far as the visuals? One other very minor critique that I had, and I'm curious about this because mostly I'm kidding. This was a pretty good movie. I enjoyed it, but. <laughs> uh, the beast is very computery, and it threw me off. Like, I almost wish they had just given him a mask as opposed to trying to animate his entire face in every shot because it throws you off. It's just a touch too uh, far into the uncanny valley. Uh, oh, and I feel yeah. like a map. I agree. You know, like, it just was too computery, and it, it throws you off. It was. It could have been better done, especially considering I assume they had an unlimited budget. I don't know how much they spent on this, but it was not like money was an issue. Well, I also think it's fascinating because I, well, from what I'd read, they had attempted to do just um, makeup at first, and then it didn't look right, so then they had to change it. But to that point, when I talked to my mom about this movie after the fact, she, the part that was so upsetting to her was that Dan Stevens, a.k.a. Matthew Crawley, had left down the Abbey to do this, and she's like, what a ridiculous move! I couldn't even see his face! She was very upset. <laughs> I'm really glad that that's what Robin took away from this film. <laughs> yes, that was, like, the big problem. Yeah. I didn't think his face was expressive enough. Like, as, as computer animated and generated that it was, I think that they could have done a better job in making him respond more facially. Like, the Beast from the animated movie had so many different facial expressions that mm -hmm. people, like, fell in love with that made him more human throughout the film. This one was. Like, yeah, he had a lot crazy of crazy eyes. Than, like, more in-depth stuff, though. Sorry, I cut you off. I'm really sorry. No, it's hard. It's hard to tell. We all just have such great ideas. I mean, I'm adding so much to this conversation. It's ridiculous. Um, but, okay. Wait, flavor, though? Can I say one, one positive thing? One very positive thing. 
I loved Gaston. Just terrific. So I good. Oh, my goodness. Yes. No, I would, I would argue that, and I did not foresee this at all, Luke Evans stole the show. Agreed. Oh, he was definitely. I thought he was, he did he such a good job. Every scene that he was in, your eyes were, like, drawn to him, you know? In a way that, like, when you see a stage production and there's that one person out of the whole cast who just commands, he was that that person in this movie. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I just really liked his interpretation of the character. Can I, okay, okay, thinking about this, um, kind of one issue that I had with it, and I, I really liked they expanded Belle as a character, even just herself. I like that at the beginning we see that she's, like, not only someone who we should respect and like because she reads and is smart, but, like, also because she's kind and, like, looks out for other people and, um, like, that sort. I, I enjoyed that, but there's, like, this major plot hole, I guess, um, for me where her mom has dies of Yelton, what, Black Death, the plague? Plague. Yeah. yeah. And then her dad endangers an entire town by bringing this baby who's been exposed to the Black Plague to the town. Because in the 1300s, they knew about germs but and what? how the plague okay. spread. No, no, no. Okay, I am going to contest that with but you, Bridget, because they see the Eiffel Tower. The Eiffel Tower was not built until the 18th century, at least. So That is also valid. It's not the 13th yeah, century. But See, this movie sucks. You guys agree. <laughs> <laughs> One star. Would not rest. Well, you also don't know how quickly the mom got it or how quickly she came down with it. Like, maybe it was like the little, um, little women thing where she, like, hides it for a couple of days. Or it's like, I came and visited my friends and now I have these weird spotches the next day. Yeah. I mean, maybe. I could have done without the whole mother thing in general. Didn't Me need too. It. Me Unnecessary. Too. Okay. I think it was super important because Disney loves to get rid of mother roles, and I think this is a good incorporation of it. Okay. Yeah, it's it absolutely responding to criticism in the same way that even though it felt a little bit like the Brandy, Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella, where they just like added people of color to the town for the sake of adding it, it felt a little bit more intentional. Because if you notice, one of the, the most prominent black citizen of the village was the literate priest who encouraged Belle to read. And it wasn't just like a regular Joe angry mob person. In the same way that I was originally very... Uh, that Gugu and Butera had been cast as the Feather Duster because I was like, not only is that a hypersexualized role, it's like very small, but they did they did improve the Feather Duster role. I would agree, and she didn't seem quite as like. Um, I feel like the Feather Duster in the Money. animated, yes, the animated version kind of you got the idea that she would go around with like any candlestick, but I felt like in this one she was like just with Lumiere. Thoughts. But I think on the same page, Lumiere is the same way too. Like in the cartoon, he was also like willing to move, bang anything that moved. <laughs> and in this one, he was all about like, I can't be with the love of my life, this one person. Right. Candle Sigma not very representationally. <laughs> and it's a good, it was good, it's a good piece of, you know, role modeling for the kids. I think. <laughs> the candlestick monogamy. Yeah, I thought so, too. 
thought, you know, as far as I, because of all the hoopla about, oh, there's a gay moment or something, people were criticizing or anticipating it. I was like on edge waiting for it. Like, oh, I was like, I'm really head on a swivel. When's it going to happen? And it's so minor. It's really like the. Oh, it essentially non-existent yeah i couldn't believe that it even earned one headline much less like a day of well because don't they just look at each other while they're dancing like it's just like an extended long look while yeah i was waiting for them to make it like lefou was making advances on gaston and gaston was turning it into something awful or saying something homophobic i was waiting for that to happen and i'm Really glad that Disney didn't do that. Mm. That, like, even during the Gaston scene when LeFou was, like, all wrapped up in him, and he's like, I took this too far, didn't I? And Gaston is like, yep, my BFF, just a teeny bit, but, like, we're still best friends. No big deal. I thought that was really good. Yeah, and that kind of um, normalizes, you know, like, friendships. Sorry, my brain is moving so slowly. Um... But okay, it's well, time. For, it, okay, sorry, Eleanor. It's not that there's very clearly always been gay characters in film and television, but it was always colored that way so that it was in a sense like secret. And what was nice about this one is that like obviously there was there's like never any doubt that he's a that Lafu would be a queer character. And then to make it explicit, also I would agree though that like Alabama, Russia, and Malaysia went way over like that was it. I would say what was even more important from this film, and again, I saw it in Los Angeles, so there was a lot of whenever these moments occurred. Um, I think because it is a liberal city, but the trans moment with like the wardrobe, that was that seemed even bigger deal, and it was like a little bit more of a surprise to me because that one didn't seem like I, I I was really the way that the press was beforehand. It sounded as if the Lafou moment would be much longer and much more integral to the plot, but nothing had ever, I didn't read anything about there being anything about like trans issues at all. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. It is time in our podcast for Radical Honesty, which is quickly becoming my favorite segment because people tell us really strange things. So, Radical Honesty... I don't know what this is. <laughs> Radical Honesty is just getting anything you have on your chest, off your chest, um, maybe saying something that really upsets you or really annoyed you or pertaining to this story or just like somewhere in my life, somewhere in your life, somewhere you can your... just like, let it go. Just let it rip publicly. I can begin. Okay. So for example, mine is like a two pronged red honesty. This weekend, I felt like the bougiest I'd been in my life because I truly took a 36-hour international jaunt to hang out with friends for the weekend. And I was like, who am I? Um, And granted, it was only to Vancouver, and so it was like actually a much shorter trip than to go to Chicago. But even still, it felt super bougie. And then part two of that weekend jaunt in Vancouver was on Saturday night went to a club and it was like kind of one of those embarrassing clubs that I would never go to normally, but like you're on vacation and you feel like you can do anything. And so it was all like very young people, especially because the drinking age in Canada is 19. And like, it's like the girls who don't wear clothes and are wearing high heels. And you're like, why are you walking? Anyway, I danced too hard. 
I danced way too hard. And, like, I threw out my knee. (laughs) (laughs) And this is, like, old age to the extreme. It's like, oh, like, I essentially sober danced too hard, and now I can barely (laughs) Is it still hurt? That was Vancouver otherwise. People love it. Vancouver was really beautiful, particularly on Saturday when it wasn't raining. Yesterday was more challenging because it was, like, wet, and I realized I thought I had a raincoat, but an L.A. raincoat is not the same as a British Columbia raincoat. Okay, who's next? I just love the fact that you were at a club. Why are you walking? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. No, I just danced too hard. You gotta be careful. Old age will sneak up on you, and then your bones Ah. stop working. Yes. Okay, who's next? Nose goes. I don't have one. You don't have one? Everyone has radical honesty. Um, um, I'll, I'll go. Okay. Um, I have two. Is that okay? They're not, like, same, same, but different, like Eleanor's. They're just different. Okay. Um, the first one is I had came up with the best idea ever for my birthday party, and I'm super excited, but I'm also a teeny bit nervous that no one's going to show up. I'll be there. Thank you. Uh, the theme is holiday party since my birthday is Christmas in July. Mm-hmm. So just come dressed as your favorite holiday and be ready to party. Memorial Day. Sign me oh. up. Oh. Right? I'm super excited. So, Smellinor, if you want to be in town for that, that'd be great. We'll work on it. Uh, Trip, if you want to come too, by all means, <laughs> shell out the money to fly to Chicago. You'll be there. I think seriously. Oh no no yeah 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 you'll be on the e I promise. <laughs> um and the other radical honesty happened to me this morning. Two of my sophomores come up to me, kind of excited, like oh my gosh, guess who's pregnant? And it's one of my kids who she left at the beginning of this year, so she goes to a different school, so she's pregnant. Probably I would say. Maybe five or six months based on the Snapchat picture I got to see. And I just stared at them because I didn't want to be like, are you kidding me? This is awful because they were so excited about a baby. That's tough. All right. That's a lot heavier than my radical honesty. (laughs) What? That's a lot heavier than my radical honesty. (laughs) Mine is just. Sorry. It was just just annoying and frustrating. Yeah, good. I yeah I hope, I hope that it works out for for her. Um, so my piece of radical honesty is an embarrassing thing that I realized I did as I watched this beauty movie Beauty and the Beast. Um, so it's kind of related to our topic. So I really like to travel. Um, I was just out of the country and um, I saw this movie the day before I flew to Southeast Asia. And as I was watching it, I realized that I secretly do something in my head that makes me a huge dork. Whenever I get on any plane to go anywhere, (laughs) I literally sing in my head and sometimes out loud, I want adventure in the great white somewhere. Like, I truly do this. Um, and so I sing Beauty and the Beast every time I get on a plane. Yeah. Beautiful. It's pretty It's pretty embarrassing. Okay, Trip. 
Mine isn't so much honesty as it's just a confession. I don't know if you can tell how sunburned I am, but it's excruciating. Like, my, look at that. You can see like the, what my skin's supposed to look like. Yeah, it's bad. But it was really... I know. So I went skiing yesterday, and I was really excited because the ski area was supposed to close this weekend because we haven't had snow. It's been summer temperatures. All of a sudden on Friday, surprise snowstorm. Ski area gets 20 inches. They're going to stay open. Get right up there. Let's go ski. And the person I was skiing with said, it's a really sunny day. Why don't you put some sunscreen on and not be an idiot? And I was very headstrong saying, I don't, I don't believe in sunscreen. <laughs> I just don't like the, wow. the smell of it. And the, I don't know if it's oily. I was very neurotic. Like I, I just don't do it. I don't mess with it. And, of course, I was punished so severely for this arrogance. Mm. And immediately, as soon as we left skiing, I was in pain. Like, I could hear my my skin was, like, singed, hot to the touch, <laughs> excruciating pain. Do you think it was, like, an enchantress who came to punish you while <laughs> oh. you're growing up? Honestly, I wouldn't rule it out. <laughs> um, okay. And I also Do hold out hope. you need to like, yourself in your room for a while and like get someone to come make you be a better person? Someone did drop off a rose in a glass. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I didn't sign for it. I don't know who it was. It's weird. But I hold out hope that someone will love me for who I am in spite <laughs> of my very, very pink face uh, right now. And I think, you know, from lessons I've learned from the cinema, I believe it's possible. I mean, it sounds like He's all you have to do. Really is... good library. Yeah, get that's a good... true. And I also have to hate Romeo and Juliet. And you also <laughs> have to kidnap so someone. Can we talk about that? <laughs> the what? But no, no, you don't kidnap the girl. You kidnap like her dad. <laughs> that's how you that's get true. to her. I would never kidnap a woman. I would no, never, no, 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 no. never kidnap a woman. <laughs> I would kidnap a hot woman's father. Absolutely <laughs> not. We've seen that that's successful. 100% track record. <laughs> right, because if you kidnap the girl, you're going to get, like, a taken situation. No, nah, I don't want Liam Neeson anywhere near my castle. <laughs> right. <laughs> if anything, I want John to visit. He's a great leader. I would like to view him up close and his leadership skills. You know, he gets a lot. He gets a bad rap, I will say. Yes, John. So Good amazing. guy. Misunderstood. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... Next, we move on to um, whether or not we recommend this movie um, to kids, particularly kids today. Um, I mean, I know that this is a new movie, so that's kind of where we're at. But, um, yeah, whether or not you think it's a good movie and whether or not you suggest young people see it. Thoughts? Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean... I feel like naturally I would have to say you have to see it because I saw it on opening night and then the following day I returned to see it again. Uh, I'm a little annoyed that it's not out on DVD yet so I can buy it already. Agreed. I would also recommend it to children, but I have a question and I wondered this as I was leaving the theater. Like, now that there are two versions and there are going to be two versions of every Disney movie because they're doing this for all their animated classics... What do kids today watch first? Like, if you're mm. a parent, do you have your kids watch both or one or the other? Or, like, for kids, I think might I, this be the version of Beauty and the Beast? Like, they might not watch the animated version. Mm. I feel like it's really hard. No, no, no. I definitely feel like people 
people will start with the original, in part because this is so much darker. Because mm-hmm. I was talking to one of my super- supervisors at work, and she has a four-year-old daughter, and her four-year-old daughter gets scared of everything. And I saw this, and I explicitly told her, you, Maddie can watch, like, Beauty and the Beast, the animated film, all the time. Like, she should wait to see this until she's at least seven. Because it does feel darker. Mm-hmm. And obviously, it feels more real, in a sense, when it's, when the people in it look like people you see every day. Mm. Right. That's a good like, point. Like, I obviously put, have my kid watch the animated one first, but I don't know if that's necessarily what everyone would do. Some people, I assume, would just say, yeah, watch the people. Or screw the 90s version or whatever. Well, so, I mean, I am, um, so I, at school today, I, we just came back from spring break. Basically, all of my students have seen this movie. They're all 10 and 11. Um, most of them had already seen it, and from what I could tell is, like, number one, they all, like, were obsessed with it and loved it and already, like, owned the soundtrack and everything, which is cool. Um, even the boys liked it, which I thought was great, but a lot of them haven't seen the classic Disney movie, so exactly what you're saying, Trip. like, to them, Beauty and the Beast is this movie. It's not the, the other one, um... I mean, truthfully, they're, like, really sad children and haven't even seen Space Jam, so maybe I shouldn't use them as a litmus test, but um, they haven't seen the old Beauty and the Beast. I know, it's it's very So I know what you're doing in class tomorrow. (laughs) I know, if I can get my hands on a copy of Space Jam, that will happen. Okay, well, I was talking about the originally animated Beauty and the Beast, which I own, but I also just recently purchased Space Jam and those, like, galaxy legging pants. With good reason. purpose of watching Space Jam wearing space pants. <laughs> yeah. That sounds magical. I encourage all of you to try it. <laughs> that sounds pretty spectacular. Um, yeah, I mean... I really enjoyed this movie, and I know that there are, like, these little things throughout that that we could kind of pick apart, but I left just so happy. I left happy, like, my five-year-old self inside was happy to kind of see these characters again, um, but also, like, my 26-year-old self was really happy uh, teach yourself to see a girl who was, like, into science who was... A princess, but like, you know, like not a princess. I don't know. I thought that was really important for me. Um, and, and for that reason, I would especially, I mean, I want all my students to see it, but particularly the girls, because I think it's easy for them to imagine now that like they could do these things too. Um, random side note, I was a little disappointed that Mrs. Potts didn't end up with Maurice. That is clearly implied in the animated version. Like, and I know, like, of course, she had her husband, and that's, like, super adorable, and I'm really glad they're back together and happy, but at the same time, I was a little like, oh, okay, I guess. They were really old, and Chip is, like, six or seven. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> the boxes are minimum 60s. They're in their 60s. Um, and I that is not really old when they had me. She's 57. Did yeah! Seven. Right. It'll be fun. Right. I'm done nitpicking. I just had tiny little things. In general, I left the theater also feeling, oh, what a fun. You know, I forgot the songs are so good. Beauty so and the Beast soundtrack is really so high nice. up there in the Disney canon. 
and I forgot that how how great the songs are. Like all of them are winners. Agreed. Uh, mm-hmm. Except for maybe the original ones that they put in there. Nah, I wasn't a huge fan. So but, I like uh, that they incorporated the music from the Broadway show. Yes, but they didn't actually sing home. No, no, they had like a little bit of the melody. And I kept getting so excited and then they didn't sing it and I was pissed. They did that with Human again too, I thought. Yes, they did. No, the the, the theme is in there, but then it doesn't show up. I'm okay with that because Home was kind of an annoying song. Human again? Yes. But Home is so beautiful. Is this home? Is this where I will be for forever? It's so heartfelt. It's so good. I'm especially good at <laughs> Can we all just sing our favorite parts now? Yes. All at once. Three, two, one, go. Um, <laughs> there's something sweet and almost kind, but he was mean and he... No, no, that's not even my favorite part. Oh, my gosh. Okay. You're the one that started the game. I know. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm like failing. Um, I like. What's the, going on with Eleanor? Yeah, Eleanor, come back to me. That's I'm also. Here. What? And you're now singing church songs, and <laughs> I feel like if there's ever a sign to wrap up, it might be the introduction of the Catholic church song. <laughs> 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 oh, the town of <laughs> Oh, goodness. Bear you on the breath of dawn, make you to shine like the sun, and hold you in the palm of my hand. (laughs) And with that. (laughs) Okay, well, we all have to say where in the world we would like to be right now. To end. That's how we end this. That's a very vague term with lots of, like, open-endedness. That's what we like about it. Like, where it. I would like to be with a million dollars? Yeah, you where can I would go like anywhere. And then we got back in my own apartment in the morning? Like, what are, what are the <laughs> parameters here? These are very good questions. I've always thought this was problematic. This question has a lot of, <laughs> of potholes in it. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to say I would want to be back in Z- Vancouver in part because I have major FOMO. So I left friends there, and they're continuing on their vacay. And then today at work, so much got dumped on me in the morning. And then I'm a very extroverted person, so I like working groups. But today I stole someone's office so that people wouldn't talk to me. Fair. Things are bad. Small, that makes my heart sad for you. It'll be fine. I mean, it's also hard because I guess, like, with work, I just spend all day thinking about sexual violence and the Armenian genocide. So, like, that's also part of it. Yeah, again, Valid. so heavy. Mm-hmm. All right, that's me. Um, I don't know. I can't think. I said Alaska last time. I might say it again. Is that boring? I still haven't gone, so I still want to go there. <laughs> you think that's a smart decision with your sunburn? <laughs> yeah, if anything, I'd be all bundled up, you know? But would Wear you? Face- <laughs> no, I wouldn't. Don't learn my lessons. I don't know either Alaska or oh, my family uh, Ann Stelnicki and Charlie Stelnicki are both in Dublin, Ireland right now. Because uh, Ann, you know, works there, and Charlie is visiting her for spring break, and it looks like they're having a great time. So I'll say Dublin. That's cool. so cute. Ann was so much fun to visit in podcast with in Dublin. She was. Yeah, 
she just ushered Charlie into the world of legal drinking because he had his first legal uh, beer in a bar this evening at the Temple Bar in Central Dublin. Oh, shout out to, so there shout out to being 18 in Europe. There you go, Charlie. Dreams. That's what dreams awesome. are made of. Uh, since there are no parameters on this, uh, I would like to be at my cafe, bar, bookstore in Fiji that I own where I live. <laughs> I love that. That's so great. Um, I think, I'll come visit. Yeah. Thank I'll, you. Please do. I'll come visit too. Um kind of similar vein to Bridget I would really like to be back in Southeast Asia right now um it was too quick and I missed the sun already so just come live with me in my cafe bookstore bar (laughs) see you there can I get a job as a waitress yeah there's gonna be a lot of hammocks and giant beanbags I can handle that. I can't sit okay. in the hammocks because I have a bad back. I probably also can't sit in the beanbag chairs, but I'll well, be the you're server. You're waitressing. You're not supposed to be sitting down, Anne. So this will work perfectly. I'll be the hardest worker you have. <laughs> Perfect. Um, okay, and with that, we end this wonderful episode of Good Film Hunting. Um, so we'll, you guys will hear from us all again soon. Bye.